you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the, world. in the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times. Because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. It's Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the show. We certainly appreciate you guys being here. As always, the Chris Voss Show is the family that loves you but doesn't judge you, at least not as harshly as your mother-in-law because she really wanted him to date the other guy first, but you came along and ruined all her plans, so she's still going to eternally hate you. But if you want to get the mother-in-law on your side and her family and all those other people that are on the show, the show's up with 300%, 330% actually, as of last night in January. So I don't know what the hell is going on. 15 years, millions of downloads, and somehow you guys are blowing up the show 330%. So welcome if you're one of the newest members listening to the show. I guess everyone decided to listen to the show for New Year's resolutions or something. We have the, we're calling it the gym effect of new year's anyway guys go to goodreads.com for chess chris foss linkedin.com for says chris foss chris foss one on the tickety talkity and chris foss facebook.com you can see all the groups and everything we do there we have an amazing author on the show returning for another book that she is just putting out february 13th 2024 it's called our favorite topics actually sex lies and sensibility by nikki payne she's joining us on the show and we'll be talking to us about <coughs> her new characters, and the things that she's up to in the book. She is, by day, a curious tech anthropologist asking the right questions to discover better digital services. By night, she dreams of ways to subvert canon literature. She's a member of Smut You, a premium feminist writing collective, and is a cat lady with no cats. Welcome to the show, Nikki. How are you? Hey, hey, Chris. I'm excited to be here. There you go. And a cat lady with no cats. What do you have against cats, eh? Or what do you don't have against cats? I'm not sure. I love cats. I love their vibe. I love that they don't care about us, but mm. I'm deathly allergic. I wish I could go through my life as a cat. <laughs> there you go. Well, there's always, uh, what's that thing where you come back as something else in life? reincarnation reincarnation there's always reincarnation yeah. make sure you pay your tithing over there and you're, you're probably getting on the board i think that's how it works so give us your dot coms how can people find you on the interwebs on instagram that's one of my favorite mediums i'm nikki Payne books on tiktok i'm nikki Payne writes i don't know why i have two different handles it's very difficult for me on twitter sorry x oh my gosh <laughs> i am nikki Payne books as well I still call it Twitter. I'm not. I'm not relenting. Right. Screw it. Yeah. Like I still call them tweets. I, yep. I don't know. Yep. It's just dumbest thing ever. Next week it'll be called BK11, I believe. <laughs> from what I understand, <laughs> they just turned down the 56 billion dollar pay package for uh, what you might call it. He's already bitching about having more shares or something. So uh, and I'm just. I've saved up at least ten dollars to buy the thing out when it hits the BK market. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm all good. But I'm not I'm not ever going to call it X. I'm I'm always going to call it it's Twitter. It's just weird. Yeah, it's just weird. And besides, I like the old Twitter better, which is yeah. weird to say cuz it was really was pretty toxic beforehand. But so give us a 30,000 overview of your new book, Sex, Lies and Sensibility. Oh, Sex, Lies and Sensibility is one of my favorite books to have written. I have 
I, I'm such a fan of Jane Austen. And it's a retelling of Jane Austen's sense and sensibility. And essentially, two sisters find out at the worst possible time that they're that they are their father's outside kids and they are swiftly disinherited. And the only thing to their name is a dilapidated property in rural coastal Maine. And first thing they think is, ain't no black folks in Maine. <laughs> so <laughs> right? if they can make the money to get the house out of foreclosure, it's theirs. They just have to stay focused. What's the worst that could happen? Maybe a tall, dark and secretive indigenous tour guide right, is a little bit too much of a distraction for our main character, Nora. And so we, we follow them and see if they are able to rehab the house and also fall in love. Ah, so it's one of those lifetime sort of things where oh, you absolutely. go to the rural Maine and fall in love with the local. Oh, yeah. Uh, hot guy, basically, yeah. maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, absolutely. That's it. Yeah. Maine sounds like Utah. There's a... <laughs> It's a little bit of HGTV, a little bit of Insecure, a little bit of Schitt's Creek. There you go. There you go. That does sound like Utah. It's all just uh, white people food up here. It's really (laughs) boring, nasty, and it's like British food up here. There's no culture. There's no no seasonings. So there you go. So to give us a little bit of background, your previous book you'd written was a bestseller, and I think it was called Pride and Protest. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Pride and Protest is a retelling of Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice. And it's essentially a woman who decides that she is going to protest gentrification in her neighborhood. And she goes and tries to plan this flash protest. And she didn't do her research like she perhaps should have. And she tells all of her plans to a young Filipino man who's out smoking, who she mistakes for a waiter. Mm-hmm. And, um, and of course, the plan blows up and they can't stay away from each other, except ah. he's the one person that she should absolutely be fighting against. And she's the one person he mm-hmm. should ignore. But he just he just can't, y'all. That forbidden love, maybe? Oh, yeah. A little bit of forbidden love. A little bit of forbidden love. Hey, does Jane Austen like this idea that you're kind of riffing off some of her books? Probably. <laughs> I think if she like woke up today and just took off the dust and read any of my books she would get to the middle extremely spicy scenes and come and find me and haunt me so (laughs) (laughs) she would absolutely find a white glove and slap it across my face if she read some of those steamy scenes but i think some of the higher kind of societal tongue-in-cheek stuff i think she would laugh at there you go. So tell us a little about yourself. So let's talk about you in the audience with the audience, introduce you to them. What was some of your upbringing? What got you into writing and, and publishing books? I am from Houston, Texas. I am from a small little place lovingly called Guns Point. <laughs> but, Guns uh, Point in no, Texas? It's, it's called Greens Point. It's in Houston. You would actually have me believing that. No, no. It's in Houston. <laughs> it's called Greens Point. That's where I'm from. But everyone called it Guns Point. I just want to give you all a little flavor about just the, the wealth in which I come from, right? <sighs> that is to say I come from wealth. You know, so humble beginnings. And I loved reading. I loved to to read. I would always take my auntie's romance novels and, you know, crack that book open to the middle to see what, you know, shenanigans, Ah, you know, the good part, the good part, see what shenanigans people were up to. I was a really precocious reader. I loved school and I went all the way up to a Ph.D. I now have 
a PhD in anthropology for absolutely no reason other than just weird facts about humanity all over the world. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. And what made you want to become an anthropologist? Okay, so a couple of things. I used to watch those those shows, those like nature shows when I was young. And back when they used to show, you know, people like that were not dressed. And it was like this one time where you're kind of like allowed to see naked people and like your mother wasn't like flipping the channel very quickly. <laughs> so you're like looking at this naked person and you're looking at your mom and you're like, okay, we're, we're doing this. And <laughs> there was always this narrator who would be talking about what's happening, like a, a rite of passage. I distinctly remember a young boy who had to clear a, a row of cows you know, in order to kind of like afterwards become a man. And I asked my mother, who's this person who like knows this stuff? And and as an adult, I now know that was just a paid narrator. But back then I thought like it was his job to to just know these things. And whoever was that person who knew, but who could decipher like all of these amazing rituals and rites became like this kind of magic, magic person to me. And I found out, soon enough that that was an anthropologist and i've literally only ever wanted to be an anthropologist all my life yeah there you go and so national geographic basically national geographic turn me you, on. turn you on to that yeah, <laughs> yeah. kind of turned me on to a few things too <laughs> and it's like wow they just let it all hang out there oh yeah you know, the guy's yeah. herding the cows and and he's just everything's out there in the hanging out atmosphere and uh, you're just like you know, you really should cover that thing. One of those cows might kick it off or something. Yeah, know? it just felt a little transgressive. Yeah, was young, yeah. you know. But uh, and, and I grew up in a pretty religious cult when I was young, so just being able to see women letting it all hang out, I was just like, hey, that's that's pretty interesting. I don't know what it means, but I'm, I was a little too young to figure all that stuff out. But so in anthropology, you study human nature and behavior, I guess, correct? Yes, and I, I'm sorry I couldn't let that statement that you, j- the anthropologist in me just went, ding, you, did you say cult? I'm sorry. Please, say more. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. The, the, so I imagine studying human nature kind of helps you flush out your characters, develop your characters in the books and scenes and different things like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that one of, the, one of the things that I love to do is – explore, use my characters to explore some of these like cultural understandings. In Sex, Lies, and Sensibility, I have this Black woman who is from the DMV area. She's flown to Maine, and she now has this new property. And there's an Indigenous man who's like already using her property. And they have to have this tense, uncomfortable conversation about whose land it is. And this is a, a a black woman who is, you know, being accused of Christopher Columbusing, and she's wait, can I? Am I? What are the rules here? Right? And so, I, I I love to to use romance and to use these these types of mediums to talk about how these two cultures would actually interact with each other and how mm-hmm. they could potentially fall in love. There you go. And and so, in in both of your books, is it is it black women fall in love with white guys, or just the first book? Oh, no, the first book is an Asian male. He's Filipino. Asian male. Okay. Yeah. There you know. Well, that's like kind of a white guy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I always thought there. Um, 
I don't know. I was I just never really good at separating people. I'm just like, yeah, I love everybody. Oh yeah. Yeah, we're all humans, damn it. At least that's what I think. But I could and be the wrong. The second book is Indigenous Male. Indigenous Male. Oh, that's yeah. right. You did say that, huh? Yeah. Now is so is he from another country or is he from uh, No, he's he's from Maine. Even though well, he wouldn't, has this... wouldn't you refer to Maine as another country? Oops, <laughs> what, I, I, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. <laughs> Thanks for helping me out with the, with the <laughs> no, one of the best lines that, that I have Bear, the main character, deliver is that Nora says, Oh well, well, you're from Maine. And because he's a native, he said, Well, actually Maine is from me, right? Huh. And he talks about, you know, the the structure of the Wabanaki Confederation and how it kind of predates the Constitution and all of these really cool ideas. So, yeah, yeah. There you go. So, anything, I know the problem with novels is we can't give away, like, the middle and the end. Mm -hmm. Any other, uh, maybe, scenes you want to play out for us or uh, teasers that people might be interested in? I will say, because it's a romance, all the romance girlies know how it has to end. Right. (laughs) Love. Love is the answer. Absolutely. But there is this particular scene where Nora and Bear are he comes she comes into his home to help him run some errands. And she is a track star. She used to run track and she's very, very good. And she's there to help his team get down some of the fundamentals. And there's the scene where she is running and she had this signature victory lap where she would kind of blow kisses and he is watching her like run her race. And it's just like happening in slow motion. And he's just appreciating how she moves and it's just steamy and it's swoony. And by the end, by the end, when she's done with her victory lap, she does her little blows her kisses, but she also incorporates his move he, as he's a runner too, of flexing the muscle. And so she does both of those. And it's just this moment where he's just, I am completely in love with this woman. And it was just a show of like awe and grace and also him sharing his space, you know, sharing his culture with her as well. There you go. There you go. So a little bit of culture in there, all the anthropologists in you coming oh, out yeah. and stuff. When you, when you develop these characters, what sort of writing schedule or sort of how do, how do you approach your writing for those who are writers out there or want to be writers do you write an hour a day or or how do you go about your your technique that's a really good question i i have to create some form of consistent writing even if you just set aside the time and you only look at the screen just giving yourself their ritual is really really important because the only thing that defines a writer is that they write mm-hmm. right not that they think about writing, you know? Mm-hmm. So I do have a time. It's mostly in the evening because I want to kind of swoosh away my work and just start thinking about other people. Like, how do I get this person to kiss? That's the only problem I want to have right now. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, so, yeah, like, these are the only problems I want to have right now, is like getting this person to make out. And so it's a great way for me to, like, decompress at the end of the day it's definitely different than my business books for nonfiction. Yeah, absolutely yeah i've never never maybe i should approach it from that angle how, honestly, how can I get these two ceos to kiss honestly new york times number one <laughs> there you go 
one hundred percent buy it. Yeah, I mean, I I look at I look at novelists, and you guys write great books, and you guys always kill it because they're very popular, especially among the ladies for their beach reads. And and uh, sometimes I look at <laughs> I look and I'm like, why am I writing about business and all this factual crap? Sounds like it might be funner to make characters, but I don't have the talent you guys do. Wait a minute. Do you have a song in your heart? Do you have? No, I have no heart. I got sold to Satan a long time ago. The soul, the heart, it's all sold. <laughs> it's all sold. That's how I got this gig doing this podcast. I yeah. said to sell my soul. Yeah, three easy payments. And- yeah, it's like $5 <laughs> a day I get. <laughs> It's great. It's a slow burn for getting rich uh, for selling. Slow burn. There you go. So, any plans for future books? Is there anything in the works? Maybe you're uh, toying with. I am writing this very steamy murder mystery, Mm -hmm. and yes, murder like romance and like murder kind of go together a little bit too well because you're, (laughs) you know, like you're trying to think of how to dispose of this body, but also trying to manage the love of another body. It's a lot of bodies. You're making out with the dead bodies. What's (laughs) necrophilia? What's going on? Seems to be a theme going on here. (laughs) Nothing quite so dangerous yet. I haven't reached my Stephen King. There's still time. There's still time. That's my dream. But yeah, murder mystery, romance, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. There you go. It sounds like you are. You know, if it ever reaches the point where you think you need help, you might want to check in on that. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. Help with murder. There's there's kind of a theme here. There's trying to get people to make out, and then now there's murder. Yeah. Yeah. You might be going down a road there. Oh, yeah. My next book is probably going to be even darker. (laughs) She used to be such a fun gal. (laughs) What went on to that making out? That was kind of cool, but now it's just necrophilia. What's going on there? Yeah. There you go. Well, it's great. I'm glad you're off to a prolific start. You're pounding out those books. We have a lot of authors like yourself on the show that they're always cooking up new characters and new plot lines. I'm always jealous of that, being a nonfiction writer. And so it's, it's you know, you guys have, you know, availability to get people to make out is, is definitely interesting. And there's probably a lot you can learn from writers there. Any final tease outs you want to make on the book before we go? Only to say that this book is, is, kind of my baby it's mm-hmm. my my love letter to small towns and mm-hmm. and small folks with big secrets mm-hmm. and get and and also talking about like how seeing indigenous folks as modern and in the world today mm-hmm. and that's something that i have been like really really excited about is making sure that these characters feel alive and feel like in the world right now mm-hmm. and you know, and, and doing that love with diversity and with heart and with care. Mm-hmm. Uh, did a lot of research up there in Maine. So I wasn't just kind of phoning that in. Oh, you had to go to Maine to do the research. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah it's, that's the real trick, though, we find with a lot of novelists on the show. They like, we, we purposely put our plot lines in different countries that we want to visit. Oh, man. We want to go. And oh, then man. that way, you know, we have an excuse to build the uh, publisher. And we're like, hey, we got to go. Yeah. Uh, you know, we got to go to France to figure this all out. Yeah. yeah. For a month. Genius. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's that's the trick. I guess a lot of you. So. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my future life. I want to say all of my next books are just Paris. <laughs> there you go. Make them all in Paris. And I'm going to spend six months there just to do some on the ground research. On the ground research on croissants. <laughs> Right? Okay. I need deep croissant research. Could have said a lot of coffee shops on the corner there in France and yeah. eat cheese and croissants and, and yeah. coffee. 
There you go. Honestly, now my next book is about a like a French patisserie that does. Uh, yeah, I like that. You I just, like that. You just gave me an idea. Yeah, you sit on the what's that? So what's the French Caribbean where all the rich people go with all the boats and stuff? Oh, the 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 oh my yeah. gosh, why is that Monte Carlo? Is it Monte Carlo? I'm not sure. It's where but James Bond is every weekend or something. Monaco. Monaco. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah, you should you should do Monaco. You know, just sit yeah. around and just you know, sit on rich guys' boats and stuff like that or buy your own. Do you see this and, pencil? Uh, it's for notes. There you go. There you go. Monaco. So just just make sure you dedicate the book to me if you use my Yes. So. To dearest dearest Chris. <laughs> to dearest Chris. Thanks for uh, thanks for helping me out with the meeting the rich guy and with the big book. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well I was researching my book. Well, I was researching my book. I'm half agony, half hope. <laughs> It'll, I can't think of a boat title, boat Monaco title, but yeah, there's, I'm sure there's love being found in that area too. Yeah. Seems yeah. like seems like there probably is. So thank you very much for coming on the show, Nikki. It was fun to have you on. Please time. come back for your future book. Give us your .com so people can find you on the interwebs. <laughs> okay. So that is NikkiPayne.com, NikkiPayneBooks.com. That's my website. I'm on Instagram, Nikki Payne Books, and I am on X, Twitter, Nikki Payne Books, and on TikTok, Nikki Payne Writes for some inexplicable reason. There you go. There you go. So thank you for coming on the show. Thanks to honors for tuning in. Order up the book wherever fine books are sold. You can pre-order it now. February 13th, 2024. It's called Sex, Lies, and Sensibility, which is also my byline to the Chris Voss Show. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for tuning in everyone be good to each other stay safe and we'll see you guys next time